All right, we're going to go to Psalms to start with tonight. I want to read some verses in Psalm 24. And then I'll read a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to talk tonight some more on purity. But tonight we're going to talk about purity and relationships. All right. Psalm 24, uh, verses 3 through 5. Let's read this. These are familiar verses. We, We look at these pretty often. But it says here, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Here's the answer. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So purity is a necessary part of any relationship with God. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right, and then in First Timothy chapter one and verse five, it's it's another verse that we seem to run across pretty often in in all of this studying about purity. But First Timothy one and five, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. All right, that means real, not put on. Good conscience. The end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. All right, now throughout the scriptures, purity is more often than not associated with our interaction with other people. If you'll take your Bible and just start studying, look for pure, look for purity, and look at the context of it. And it's always interwoven with interaction between other people. So the matter of purity is not simply for our own sake or so that we can be right with God. It's necessary in order to be right with others. Foundation of what I'm talking about tonight. Purity is absolutely necessary for relationships. Any kind. Husband and wife. Parents and children. Friends, any kind of interaction with other people, purity is vital. The relationship makes or breaks upon that matter. Every relationship between people is affected by purity or the lack thereof. Most certainly is. More than that, we can say that it's one of the pillars of any relationship. Now that meaning of the word purity or pure, we went over it and over it. Does anybody remember any part of the definition of purity or pure? Yep, unadulterated. It means genuine. It means real. It means singular. Single, not mixed with anything else. It's not, purity is not two things. Purity is one thing. You got to think of it in that uh, respect because that is what it is. It's the pure, unadulterated, it's not mixed with anything. Pure means not mixed with anything else. It's not, uh, there's no duplicity. There's no, 
something behind the scenes. There's no two-facedness. There's no hypocrisy. There's no double-mindedness. Purity means singular. If thine eye be single, then the whole body will be full of light. But when it's not, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So any kind of relationship between God and man has to be this way. So the relationship between God and man started out that way in the garden. While there was only good, the relationship was pure and wonderful. They had the knowledge of good. But what did they add to that? The knowledge of evil. That's what the tree was. It was the knowledge of good and evil, right? They were fine as long as they knew good. It was wonderful. But when they added something to it, that ruined everything. In all human relationships, it's the same way. The closer the relationship, the more that purity matters. I hope you're all listening. Any relationship with God requires purity. Who is going to stand in His holy place? He that's defiled in heart and conscience and mind and body? No. No, that's not what it says. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, that has not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully. That's who's going to stand in the presence of God. You can say works all you want to. You're, you're out of your mind. You're at, you don't understand. In the matter of marriage, purity is vital to the relationship. Purity before marriage is a major factor in the establishment of a home. And to have a plurality of relationships prior to marriage is a detriment in many ways. You understand what I'm saying? This whole deal of just dating this one and dating that one and shacking with this one and shacking with that one and, and just having all these relationships. It is a detriment to marriage, to any future lifelong relationship. It is a detriment. It's damage. It's pollution. It's defilement. And I'm not talking about just uh, immorality. I'm talking about just having relationships. Dating and, it, you know, it's confusing, first of all. It confuses people, especially women. Man, you know, I can tell y'all, I can tell you about women that I've known of. That right before their wedding, they went out with somebody else because they just wanted to be sure. Well, you know Why? Because that's what they've been doing through the whole thing here. Playing some kind of game. What is this? To be sure? Well, uh, if it, the groom ought to call halt if that happens. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Something profoundly wrong with that. It's confusing. It tends to harden the heart. There's, it's just not meant to be that way. 
Purity means singular. That means one man, one woman, one life. That's what that means. Is that hard for everybody to understand? That's God's way. That's the ideal. Does it always happen that way? No, it doesn't. And we're not throwing everybody out the window or under the bus who hasn't done it this way. There's forgiveness and there is cleansing, but there's always loss with that. You can't, uh, you can't just declare that it didn't happen. It happened. You can't pretend that it didn't happen. It happened. And it's in your mind. It's in your memory. You remember it. The devil is able to pull that up anytime he wants to. To cause turbulence in your marriage, in your relationship. It's not good. It's not good. You girls don't ever need to get this idea. And why it ain't here, I'd be saying boys too. But you don't ever need to get this idea that you need to date a bunch of guys or more than one to find out what you really want. Now that's wrong. And that is not what God wants. It'll confuse your mind. It'll make you unstable in your heart. And it will harden your heart to where you can't really give yourself wholly to your husband. I'm talking about your heart and your mind, your commitment. You know, it's, it, it, there's a thing that once it's broken, it's never the same again. You know? Somebody was telling me the other day about a, oh, he was talking about Zach's little car, you know, and the Bondo and everything. Now, I'm, I know y'all getting your van fixed and it ain't probably going to have Bondo on it, but that's the way they fixed a lot of cars in the past and it may look just fine until you bump it or something and a piece falls off of it. <laughs> That's kind of how it is. It's just not the same. That don't mean you can't have a blessed life. But it does mean that you have missed something that you could have had. It's, it's defiling to the heart and mind, this plurality of relationships prior to marriage. It's, it's defiling to the heart and mind. You'll carry memories into your marriage of being with each one of those other persons you were with. That's right. And you can say, well, it don't matter. Well, you're going to find out that it does matter. Yeah. You're going to find out that it does matter that you kiss somebody else. That you were with somebody else. That you had feelings for somebody else. That leaves an, uh, an imprint on your heart and in your mind. And you cannot erase it. And it, the feelings may evaporate away. And you don't feel that anymore. But you know that you did. And it doesn't take much to rekindle those feelings. That's what's happened in this internet age, you know. I mean, we knew a missionary in Mexico. It was a big deal. And, and that's exactly what happened. <clears throat> he got on the internet and reconnected with an old flame from high school and left his wife and family and ruined everything. Well, he forgot all about her. 
She wasn't even the same person that he knew in high school. She'd been married two or three times. How in the world could you be so... <clears throat> um, that's, it's defilement of the heart. It plants things in there that you think you may think they're gone. But they're still there. It's dangerous stuff. So don't do it. Don't defile yourself. Come to marriage pure in heart and mind and body. There's more to purity than just the body. There's, it's your heart and your mind. That's what matters most. Because the other is just, it affects the heart and mind greatly. But your spouse will know about your memories. You have memories of being with other people. Your spouse will know that. And it'll be a spot and a wrinkle that should not and does not have to be there. <coughs> I wish people would listen to me. I wish people that, would, that it counts would listen. Young people who haven't done this yet. If they would only listen. If they'd only take the warning, what grief it would save them, what blessings it would gain them, how much better life would be for them. Now the worldly idea of dating is all about this. You just shop around and find what you want. Get some experience. And that's what ungodly, wicked mothers are counseling their daughters. A father is much less likely to counsel their daughter that way than a mother is. Because the father knows better. He knows a little more. He has a way of understanding how men think and what they think about and all of that. <clears throat> and a lot of these mothers are insane. They're living in fantasy land. They're still living in their dating days and trying to relive them through their daughters. It's abominable. But when you're dating and all of that, all you're doing is defiling your heart and your mind and your conscience. And you'll pay for it. In any meaningful relationship that you have later, you're going to pay for it. You will pay for it. There's no other way. Oh, yes, there is another way. You can keep yourself. I tried to tell my kids... Don't give your heart away. Don't give them your heart. Wait until you see what they are. Till you see who they really are. Don't allow your heart to fall in love. That's not love. That's not love. Those feelings. That's not love. It's a, it is the deception that we all are vulnerable to. And when you're young, you especially are. When you're young and wanting to be married and think you're never going to find anybody and you're going to be an old maid or you're just going to be an, a guy who never gets married and can't find nobody because you're too ugly or too fat or I'm just... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and so the first one that comes along that pays you any attention, you go for it. What a disaster. What a, what a terrible thing. You don't have to do that. No. <clears throat> there is a God in heaven. 
that knows all about you. And He is way ahead of you. And if you will seek His faith and trust in Him, He will give you the desires of your heart. He will, he will provide. He can provide in ways that you can't see. See, young girls in churches, they look around, and that's one advantage that we have. Seth and I were talking Sunday a little bit about some of this, but <laughs> it's one advantage. You can count your blessings that you're in a little, small church. Your parents can. You, you girls and you young people will one day, you'll thank God for it. When you come to yourself and you realize what this, how this situation really is. You go to a little church and you look around at who's there and you say, there ain't nobody here for me to marry. I'll never get married if I stay here. So what are you going to do? Well, you can go off to college and find a mate. And I'm not talking about y'all. Y'all ain't living like a lot of these people that went to college and found a mate are. Thank God. But, that, but anyway, to go do it yourself, you're not going to come out right. God can, <laughs> I've seen him do it over and over and over. How that God supplies. <clears throat> Sarah thought that she was, that was it. We were going, we just, we moved back here away from everybody. Got away from all the crowd and all the options and, you know, going to be an old maid. Sure as well. 17 years old, ain't got any hope. And I remember telling her, Sarah, God could drop one right out of the sky. Right here. And he will if you will trust him. Well, she got a good husband. She did. Uh, whatever else, I you know, but she got a good husband. That's right. Anna, I remember Anna's despairing soul. You know, just <laughs> I believe Anna's got a good husband. But I can tell you about so many more that I've watched who would not wait. They would not trust God. And they wouldn't sit still. And let me tell you something. If you get desperate and you move, or the parents, you parents, if you decide that that's the only hope your kids got is to get somewhere where there's more people, you will be very sorry. Because you get in a big church and a big crowd and you do not have control. I don't care how strict you think you are, how tight you hold in the reins, you're going to lose. Because they will circumvent you. Man, I've watched it. That's part of the reason I withdrew from all of it. Amen. I want to raise my kids. And I don't want them to end up going to the devil over this matter, especially. Now, i got to hurry. Dating ain't no good. Amen. I don't care if it hair lips every woman in this county or everyone that hears me. It is no good. It's not God's way. It's a modern thing. It was not the way that people found their mates up until the last several decades here. Amen. That ain't how they did it. Well, it was arranged marriage. Oh, baloney. I've heard that so much and... You know, that's hogwash. 
And anybody that thinks that mom and dad shouldn't have any say or input into who their children marry, you're crazy too. And you're ungodly and you don't know anything about the Word of God or right and wrong. Mom and dad don't pick them and say, this is what you got to marry. But mom and dad's there to guide you and to keep you from shipwrecking your life. You better listen to them. They love you more than anybody else in the world. And they're the only ones that are going to truly guard you and try to help you to have a happy life in all of this matter. Purity carries the meaning of being singular. Marriage is an exclusive relationship. Now the standard marriage vows, which I think people ought to do instead of making up a bunch of fairy tale nonsense that's meaningless, you ought to stay with the standard. I don't, I just don't even really go for that at all. And I'm pretty strict about that. I mean, you know, if you're gonna ca- if you want to cancel out the vow, the part of the vows that are biblical, then I, you go get somebody else to do this. I ain't interested in doing that. I remember when Peter and Nicole came to me, man, that's been, look at this, 17 years ago. But, you know, they, uh, it's my cousin's daughter, and I didn't even, yeah, Zach's sister bought the house here. But, you know, I knew them pretty, kind of, but I didn't know for sure just how they'd be about that. And so we sat down, and I started talking to him about the vows. And I said, now, what about uh, obey? And she said, well, I want that in there. I said, well, good, because if you had said, I don't want that in there, I was going to say... You just need to get somebody else. <laughs> Say, you're a male chauvinist. Well, you don't want to hear what I called women that call me that. It ain't nice. But it's equal. I mean, it's just returning the same fire. In same fire, returning fire in like manner. You can just imagine. You call me a male chauvinist pig? Well, I got a name for you too. Ain't nobody got a right to be that way. What I'm talking about is truth and godliness and purity and right. The right way. Forget all this male-female warfare and this feminist propaganda. Lord, have mercy. The standards marriage vows contain this phrase that says, I will keep me only unto thee. Purity is singular. You all remember saying that in your wedding vows? Esther and Dakota, you guys. I mean, who all have I had a part in marrying around here? They were in there. You vowed to keep me only unto thee until death do we part. That means they got first place in your life. Not second place. Not 25%. They got 100%. Both ways. To keep the relationship pure, it has to stay that way. The introduction of anyone else or anything else into the relationship other than your children is going to cause trouble in the marriage. And the children can cause trouble in the marriage if you don't Keep them in the place of the children instead of rooting out the husband or the wife for the children. Purity in the relationship 
It has to be there. The husband can't have his buddies and his wife can't have her girlfriends that interfere or take away from the relationship between them. Now, if you want a good marriage, do things together. Stay together. Enjoy one another's company more than you enjoy the company of anyone else. And be that example to others. Brother Kenny was that way with his wife. You never seen him without his wife. He never went anywhere without his wife. Brother Owen was that way. If you seen him, well, you might see him going to the park store to get gas or something like that. But Miss Owen was with him always. And uh, now that doesn't mean that neither can have any friends or ever do anything without the other. But there's a line. There's a line when it starts to hurt the other. And nothing should cross that line. Is that plain enough? Purity in marriage (laughs) and in all other relationships, that that also means just simply keeping yourself clean. Now think about your children in this matter too. Think about what you do in your life, in your language, in your actions that your children see you do. <clears throat> now, I'm going to say some things here. I'm going to get real down to earth plain here. But purity in all relationships means simply keeping yourself clean. <coughs> clean in mind. <coughs> Keep your mind clean. You know what a dirty mind is? Don't have one. Right. Keep it clean. Don't think that way. Don't think dirty thoughts. Don't think down in the gutter. Amen. Amen. Plain preaching. Clean in your mind. Keep a clean mind. How are you going to do that? Don't listen to filth. Don't listen to profanity. Don't listen to filthy talk. Everything's full of it. Everything. You can't hardly even hear a newscast or anything anymore without they use profanity. That's right. You can't listen to anybody. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to get away from the world a little bit more. Yes. The dirtier it gets, the farther you're going to have to back up to keep from getting it all over you. In your mind. Yes, sir. What you hear, what you see goes into your mind. And it affects your heart. Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart clean. Amen. What do you mean by that? Well, what is your heart? We talked about it so much, so much. It's your affections. It's your desires. Mm-hmm. Keep it clean. What do you desire? What do you allow yourself to desire? Keep it clean. Simple. Keep your conscience clean. Paul said he lived, that's the way he lived, to keep a conscience void of offense before God and man. Is your conscience clean? Or do you do stuff, you gotta, is there stuff you do you gotta hide? Stuff you look at you gotta hide? Stuff you listen to you gotta hide? Hmm? Well then you're dirty. You're not clean. You're not pure. If it's out, if it's not, You know, if it's hidden because you're ashamed of it, hidden because you don't want people to see, you don't want people to know that about you, then it's not pure. 
You're just making it too hard. Pornography and lust. You think that don't affect relationships? Yes, it does. Yes, sir. It affects relationships every direction. <laughs> every direction. It'll affect children. You don't know how many people, even of our generation, who were affected greatly by pornography yes, sir. that mom and dad had or when we lived in Dexter our next door neighbors he was a deacon in the Southern Baptist Church and you know I got invited over to look at Playboy and Penthouse magazines with daddy and son deacon of the church helping letting his son look at it on purpose <coughs> defilement yes Never forget stuff like that. It never goes away. It affects, you know, girls see it hidden somewhere. They find it. This is in the past. Now it's everywhere. It's at the click of a button, the touch of a screen. There it is, right there. How are you going to keep your mind clean? How are you going to keep your heart clean? How are you going to keep your conscience clean? Well, you're going to have to stay away from the world. You're going to have to draw the line in. You're going to have to turn it off, put it away, get away from it. You're going to have to make some rules for yourself. You're going to have to do like the psalmist said when he said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. No evil thing is going to sit in my house. Clean in your language and thoughts. Clean in your language. Don't have a potty mouth. And don't be crossing the line all the time using words that are nasty, dirty. Don't be doing that. It's defilement. You say it doesn't matter. It does matter. It'll affect your relationship with your children, with your spouse. It'll affect your relationship with other people because it makes them realize that there is uncleanness in you. Take it or leave it. Telling you the truth. Clean in your body. I mean, just plain old clean. Not stink. Not dirty. Not filthy. Clean. I mean, purity in marriage, this needs to be a thing. Don't be dirty and smelly. Don't get to the place where you don't care. That's the most disgusting thing to me. That is... To me, that would be a, almost a killer for a relationship. If a wife or a husband, either one, just got to the place where they wouldn't keep themselves clean, they stink, they're nasty. It's repulsive. It's repulsive to everything in you, your feelings, everything. It ruins things. Purity, that's part of purity. I remember a commercial on TV when I was a kid and it was a man and woman waking up in the morning and they would both turn the other way and say, good morning, because, you know, morning breath. (laughs) They don't do nothing like that anymore because nobody cares. Exactly, yes. Ain't nobody cares about purity anymore. Our cleanliness doesn't mean anything anymore. People sleep with dogs and cats. That's true. How could their breath smell any worse? They're 
You know? Man, a lie. You don't think purity affects relationships? Look at the decline and the defilement and the degeneration of our society and people until we got to this point now where people prefer dogs and cats and chickens and pigs in their house than people. You say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah, then why does it affect some people this way? Like I saw the other day where some woman somewhere, they, it was hundreds of animals in their house. I don't even know how many cats and dogs and other critters, ducks. I don't even remember. I didn't read the whole thing because it was too disgusting. But the, the police said the ammonia levels were lethal in the house. From the feces that was so deep that, you know, they had to wade in to get it. What's the matter with somebody like that? Unclean. Unclean spirit. Maintain good hygiene and good manners in front of one another. And in front of the children. For heaven's sake. Remember this stuff. Don't defile your relationship with rudeness and crudeness and profanity. Holy matrimony, where's the place for all of that? Huh? There's no place for profanity and rude, crude, lewd stuff. Don't defile your relationship that way. Purity's vital. Young people should be made to understand that they have one opportunity to enter into marriage pure and clean. And they should know how important that is to a happy life. I read a, a marriage counselor, a worldly, secular marriage counselor, who had been a marriage counselor for 30 years. And he said he had never counseled a couple that were involved in adultery, that were not involved in fornication before they were married. Testimony of an unsaved, ungodly marriage counselor that just happened to notice the data. It matters. It's God's way to enter into marriage pure. And it's the right way. And it's the best way. Any other way, you'll suffer loss. Even if you find forgiveness and cleansing from the impurity, you'll never know what it could have been like. Yes, I remember Brother Glass, years ago, he had, he had this little, this 14-year-old girl coming to church, and they got real close to her, him and his Glass, and they carried her with them when they went places and stuff. And, and she was keeping herself pure. And the girls around her were making fun of her at school and, you know, telling her all kinds of things. And she told them, she said, I could be what you are in ten minutes, but you can never be what I am again. True. (laughs) Very true. You got one chance. Purity is a very valuable thing to bring to the marriage altar. Not only purity of body, but of mind, heart, and conscience. 
And I'm talking about both bride and groom. We're not talking about just the bride. We're talking about groom also. It matters greatly. It matters greatly. The lack of purity has absolutely ruined the world that we live in. It's almost not found anywhere. Even in Bible preaching churches. And I'm going to say some rough things here, but you're just, if you don't believe me, you can just, uh, I'll just say this to you, you will find out eventually. But I'm telling you the truth. I've been around a while and I've, I've learned to pay attention and, and not be stupid about stuff. I'm going to tell you, it's almost not found anywhere, even in Bible preaching churches. I'm talking about purity. And Christian colleges, man, they're hotbeds. They're dens of iniquity. Not all of them, but let me tell you, the most popular ones are. There's a disconnect between the generation, the generations, and how bad it has gotten, especially in the churches. I don't believe that people of my generation are paying any attention. They're not paying close enough attention to what's happened and happening to the women especially, to the young girls, to the females. The influence of feminism through the education system and the media have destroyed and defiled the past few generations of women. And now it is unbelievable how profane and how unchaste and how whorishly aggressive they are. And the churches are full of them. I can walk in a church. I don't, when I'm out and in other churches, I look. I can't help it. I mean, it's it's just like a light flashing at you. There it is. And I mean, I can go back 30 years and remember certain ones and certain things that I watched and I couldn't believe it. Now, that was kind of an exception then. Now it's the, it's the, I mean, it's the prevailing atmosphere in most of these independent Baptist churches. I'm telling you. And not only them, but other churches as well. It's a good place to come fishing if you're a guy looking for a girl. Because they are all biting. Our boys are having to deal with this. They're having to deal with things that I never did when it comes to girls and finding a wife. I graduated from high school in 75 right over here. That's before most of you were born. In my class of 33, I think we had 33 in our class. I can't think of any. Now, there may have been one or two that I'm not recollecting here, but of all my class, everybody that got married... Stayed married, still married to the same person. Nobody in my class that I know of shacked with anybody. 
Now there were a couple that got divorced. Yeah. I've thought of a couple just bing bing like that. Mm-hmm. But but almost the whole class. Just you know, there was not one girl in my class got pregnant before she got married. I don't know that any of them ever did anything like that. You say, that's unbelievable. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, if you step down two years, oh my, different story. Yes, sir. I've got a brother that's two years younger than me. got another brother that's four years younger than me. My brother that's four years younger than me, I don't know of anybody in his class that stayed married to the one they got married to. That's how things have changed. And then I'm talking about 45 plus years ago. So now we're, we're, we're into this. How many generations have been born since then? But these boys having to deal with girls like that. Like why? I mean, just think. Think about it. Let me tell you something. The, the, girl, the churches are full of these kinds of girls, whether you believe it or not. And the boys know. And so does anyone else who doesn't have their head buried in the sand. We went to a church, and I'm not even going to say where it was, but some people in here know. But I remember the last time I was there. And there was, in the back of the church, there was a row of boys sitting in chairs against the wall. And there was a girl stretched out laying in front of them sideways with her legs up in chairs, dressed as bad as you could get. And there she was, just displaying herself right in front of all them boys. Right there in the church. Everybody walking by and seeing it. And nobody said a thing. Nobody did anything. It was just... Same place. <laughs> I've said... Let me leave that alone. No, somebody will get mad at me before that's over. But, but it's alright. Somebody needs to call it out. Somebody needs to say, what's the matter, you people? Can't you see what's going on here? Now, people are sneaky, and they can always do things. It don't matter if you have a... You can do it without a smartphone, without a computer, without a tablet. You can do it without a telephone. You can do it without anything. The world... This... The human race has experience with this for 6,000 years, and they're very good at it. And it can happen... Without any aids or devices or any kind of helps. <laughs> but when it's just right out in the open, it's a different ball game. Different ball game. No relationship that begins in this kind of corruption and ungodliness is going to last but will only bring ruination and grief and misery to all the lives it affects. That little girl that was sat laying in that chair, I know what her life's been since then. Just exactly. I'm telling you the truth, and I'm telling you that's the way it always happens. It's not just a once in a while thing. This is the way of destruction. There was nothing pure about that at all. She was impure, they were impure, they were just defiling one another. 
When purity is lost, the relationship is ruined. No matter what kind of relationship it is. In Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 15, this is referring to Lucifer, the devil. It says, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Hmm. When we find uncleanness in someone, it changes our feelings toward them, doesn't it? Yes, yes it does. We can be forgiven. We can be, you know, we can do all of that, but it, but it changes our feelings and our opinions and our ideas, doesn't it? Have you ever been disappointed like that? Have you ever been surprised and astonished at what come out of somebody's mouth or what you found out they had been doing? I heard you told me something last night. Just, my goodness, how horrible. Can't imagine. Uh, the, just so bad. What in the world? <laughs> well, you know, I already knew about him from all the things in the past. But that takes a cake. That surpassed them all. But when we find defilement, and iniquity in someone, it changes our feeling toward them. When we find iniquity or uncleanness in someone, it changes the relationship. And most of the time it puts an end to it. Entering into any relationship, purity and cleanliness is what we look for. I'm going to read this verse and I'm going to quit. There's a lot more that I'd like to say about this. And I didn't get it all in order just like I wanted it. There's some other things that I wanted to deal with, but I'm not going to keep you. But here in 1 Samuel 25 and verse 28, this is Abigail, the wife of Nabal. You know, that churlish fool. When she came to David, bringing the blessing for his you know, David sent to Nabal and said, you know, we're starving out here. We're, we've protected you and we've helped keep the enemy away from you. Please help us. And he answered him rough and told him to go jump in the lake, really. Well, his wife, David, <laughs> girded on his sword and he's fixing to teach Nabal a lesson. Well, David got angry too. You know, I mean, David was offended. David shouldn't have done that. But God in his mercy... Abigail came to him with everything they needed. And she said, I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Well, now, what a, what a reputation. This, that's what she said. That was true at that time. That was true. Yes, sir. Evil hadn't been found in him. Sure would have been good if he'd have kept that reputation, yes, sir. wouldn't it? How much better would it have been for Israel, oh, yeah. for God's kingdom, right. for all the souls that were messed up because of the defilement? But that's what drew Abigail to him. She knew her husband and what he was. She knew David. 
and she came and helped. But that was her testimony about him. Evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. <clears throat> well now if you're gonna look for a husband, girls, that's what you that's what you're looking for, ain't it? How much evil will you tolerate? Will you accept? <clears throat> How much will you allow? Yeah. Ain't nobody perfect and you gotta settle for what you get. Well, bad advice. Bad advice. You better hold out. Better hold out. Yes, sir. Better off alone. <clears throat> when it, was it Brother Parker always said it's better to be single than to be married wrong. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yes, sir. Better believe it. Purity matters in any relationship. Remember that. We've kind of majored on marriage and all of that tonight, but th I mean, I wanted to touch more bases here <clears throat> with the children. Make sure that it's pure. Keep them as clean as you can. Don't you put dirty stuff in them because they're in a dirty world. And uh, my goodness. <laughs> Keep them clean. Keep your relationship clean. Keep your mind, your heart, your conscience clean. Work at it. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. <laughs> so you're called a sinners. Well, that's good counsel from the Word of God. Yes, and if a person is a sinner, how are you ever going to... I mean... I know they say that God just takes you as you are and then He does it all. All you do is just sit and wait on Him to see what He does. <clears throat> I'm never going to tell you that because the Bible doesn't tell you that. Yeah. Don't tell me I can't help it. Or don't tell me you can't help it. Would you accept that from your wife or your husband or your child if they were if they defiled themselves and were unfaithful or something like that? Would, would they if they just said, "Well, I couldn't help it"? Would you say, "Well, okay, I understand. We're all sinners. I know." Is that good enough? Would that fix the problem? No, it won't. Now everybody knows it won't. What do you do? Well. There has to be some cleansing. But it's better not to get defiled. There's some things. I've got some clothes that have stains in them that ain't never going to come out. You know, when I got walling under that loader here two, three, four weeks ago and all that oil, might as well throw them clothes away. See, had to throw them away. Ain't no fixing it. Stained. Stain that won't come out, no matter what you do. No. What kind of bride is Christ preparing for Himself? Yeah, without spot or wrinkle or blemish, or any such thing. Or any such thing. 
So he that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Purifieth himself. That means you get away from the filth. You don't just wade off into it. You don't just lap it up. You don't just let it spill all over you. You get away from it. If somebody's, you know, say, man, you're terrible. But if somebody was in the middle of the crowd here and all of a sudden they started throwing up, I guarantee you that everybody's going to scatter. You're not going to run to them. You're going to get back. Ain't you? Why? Well, you don't want it on you. Well, what? It, why do you stick your nose in something that's going to defile you then? Get it all in your brain, your mind, and in your heart. Why? Why do you belly up to the table where all the garbage is? And take it in. TV, whatever. People, there's certain people I just don't want to be around. They can't even talk without talking filth and rot. There were people like that before I even was right with God, really. I didn't want to be around them. They're just too filthy for me. I didn't like that stuff. <clears throat> you going to talk like that? It's just, I, I've always said somebody cussing and talking filthy around me is, it's worse to me than just spitting on me. Won't you spit on me? Because it's defilement and filth. So stay away from it. Father, thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the counsel in these words that we've listened to tonight. Thank you for the Scripture that that tells us these things and teaches us these things throughout the Word of God. This, This is a matter that's just laced all into every relationship and everything that's done in the Bible between people. This is a matter that is vital. And I pray you'd help us to take it seriously. I pray you'd help us to keep our hearts, our minds, our conscience clear and clean and our bodies clean and free from the defilement of this world as much as is possible for us to do. And I pray that you, through your Spirit and your Word, would cleanse us from all of the rest of it. Lord, help us. Help these young people, these girls, these young people that we have. I pray that you would help them to look to you and trust you and to keep themselves pure from this world. Give parents wisdom and understanding to help them and to encourage them and to put that desire to to nourish that desire in their hearts and minds to be pure and to keep themselves pure. Go with us, Lord, and get us home safely, we pray. And pray you to help us through the rest of the week here and guide and direct us and help us all to be a blessing to somebody in Jesus' name. Amen.